Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And that's just, it's not the big four. It's got information available at your fingertips with, with both desktop and mobile access for even MMA. If you're a soccer fan, got that covered. And head on to, head to Bet Online today. Remember, use our promo code. I believe it's scrolling on the bottom right there for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, use the promo code believe for 50% off your welcome bonus on your or get for 50% on your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Totally butchering that read. And bet a line where the game starts. All right. Welcome to another episode of Motor City Metrics here at TigersMLReport.com. I am Roy Hilly because the only time he is Uber and Chris Brown should be with us momentarily as the Tigers some breaking news this evening as the Tigers signed. Kenya, or excuse me, make sure I get this name correct. <laughs> so I'm going to try this. Let me get the name pronunciation correctly. But uh, Tigers did some, did, did a move, which I did hear about that was going to come out either this week or some point. Uh, there's been talks about it. Uh, props to, we got to give major, major props, first and foremost, to Evan Petzold of the Freep, who kind of indicated this before everybody else did. And I saw that uh, John Heyman somehow got credit for this, and that's totally 100%. You know, it's just that's wrong. Totally wrong. <laughs> Kente Maeda. Kente Maeda is the newest Detroit Tiger signing a two-year deal with, I think it was two years, $24 million, I believe it was. So, Sounds right. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to see if I could get Chris on here and do that. So... So Nightingale is saying that there's no bonus, no opt-outs, no nothing, just straight contract. Which leads me to believe that there's more to come. And we did I did hear some more stuff that's coming as well down the potentially. So Josh, good to see you in here. Good, good evening, everybody. And there's Chris Brown who joined us. Chris Muha. Muhaha. You still have the, the hair thing going too. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, I haven't changed my hair yet. Yeah, but, uh, yeah there is the possibility. Now, Yadamoto is not going to announce anything till after the winter meetings, which will be in two weeks in Nashville this year. So, but we did hear some other things coming down the down the line that could potentially happen happening next. And as as Chris said on his tweet very well. This is, I like what you said, but there's a small chance he ends up being the most important Tigers free agent sign since Pudge Rodriguez. And I believe that. Well, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, there's a small chance. All right. Like, it's hard to say that without sounding like it's complete hyperbole. But but what the Pudge Rodriguez signing ended up meaning was that the Tigers were open for business, right? They they were a team that were uh, serious about signing free agents. And we've talked about this a bunch. The Tigers have never really signed uh, Asian players. Uh, you, you talked about, you know, the, you, the small signings in the 90s, but this is a legit signing. This is the first uh, hope... Japanese pitcher since 2002. Uh, it's held yeah. up. It's in Nomo. And, and, you know, you don't want to boil it down to something so simple, but if I were an Asian guy, uh, I might not consider a place unless they've had Asian players in the past. I don't know. Like it, I think, uh, I think it could end up being bigger than that, but I don't want to overblow it because like Maeda was in Minnesota for the last three years and they haven't become, uh, 
you know, a, a, a warehouse of great Asian players. But we talked before about like the Pirates are not a great franchise lately, but they've become kind of the go-to place for Korean guys because they've had several Korean players. So it, it's it's just a, there's just a chance that this could lead to bigger and better things. That's all I meant. Yeah. No, and you know, you, go ahead, Uber. Well, you know, it's interesting. Just to go back to Pudge quick. Another thing, Chris is 100% right. That, that it signaled they were open for business, but it was also that they it was washing off some of the stench of a 43-win season. Right. Uh, it was just such a sea change of, uh, you know, a player of, of Pudge's ilk at his level wanted to come to Detroit. Just kind of changed everything. There's no doubt about that. Uh, is this going to happen? You know, it's interesting. I think that it, it helps. Right. They wouldn't have put it out there if it was if it was nothing. So I don't think it's a nothing burger at all. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if there is a club out there who wants to spend the money and put the right things on the table for Yamamoto, I don't think he'll care that he doesn't have a fellow Asian player when it's all said and done. I would assume they're going to take whatever they think is the the best deal for him. Um, But even if it's just a 5% or 10% chance that it it gives them a shot to make a a move on a 25-year-old ace, potential ace, uh, it's well worth doing. He's the, you know, Maeda is the level of pitcher they were probably searching for anyway. Uh, so if it's a bonus that he happens to be of Japanese descent, great. If it helps them with another player, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it's it's quite a it's quite a nice move to, to me. This really kicks off the offseason much more than a, a Mark Canna move. Yeah, there is a but yeah, there is. By the way, that's true. Uh, Cameron does point out something very very important, and this is I actually saw them during spring training that they already have a Japanese scout with them mm-hmm. in the locker room already. So there is, there is already starting to become a, a presence, but somebody was asking who should the Tigers uh, target next? And there is a, tr- there's also rumors about trades too. And, but uh, I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, let me just give you a hint of who I would like the Tigers to go after. Um, You know, they do need a lefty really bad, but maybe somebody like, I don't know. This gentleman right here. Shota. Uh, what's his nickname? Oh, yes. Oh, Chris has the the philosopher. Yeah, the philosopher. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yes. I, it it seems like we, we, we are far from the only people who've heard this rumor that there's, there's a lot of smoke that the Tigers are, are way in on this guy. Now it's not Yamamoto. It's not Otani, but this is, uh, a, 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 a good Japanese pitcher. He's a lefty. It's it's a low nineties fastball. A very good splitter, uh, which is you know I mean, part of the course there. Yeah, as soon as you said it too, that's what's funny about that. Um, yeah, I mean that's what that's what we've heard. I think a lot of people have heard that. Uh, and again, that's that's kind of what we're getting at is is if you can make yourself a destination for for, and I, I don't want to get too serious, right? But but I imagine. That for a long time, people in Japan knew Detroit as a bad place because Detroit was not very welcoming. I'm talking about beyond baseball, right? Culturally. Yes. Culturally. In the 1980s, there were some bad things that happened in Detroit aimed at Japan. So it's 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 beyond 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to make too big of a deal of it, but but it is it's it's a harder uh, well, shell I, to crack, I think. I have an anecdotal story on this. I'll make it quick. In the mid 90s, I'm working at a small school in Upper Michigan called Sumi College. And we had a representative, a gentleman over in Japan who had come to school there in the 60s. He became wealthy. He started sending us some students now and then. We would get about a dozen Japanese students up in the middle of nowhere in the UP every year. Um, and we had to put them through quite the little cultural education to get them up to speed on you know, how to operate in the Northwoods. But one of the things we heard time and time again is no Detroit. No Detroit. Yeah. That's all they would say to us. They didn't want. They did not want to go to Detroit, uh, or even some of them didn't want to go to Chicago. Uh, they they purposely came to be in kind of a rural area that they viewed as safe. So I don't know if that's the case anymore. But I mean, it certainly gets at what you're talking about, Chris. So that people were a little afraid of 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 the area at one point. No, and this comes stems from a couple so. situations that changed it yeah. a little bit. First and foremost, the in 1985 when the Mazda plant came here. Uh, that was yeah, with big. Ford. That was a big thing because it was coming on the heels of an unfortunate situation in 1982 where Vincent, Vincent Chin, Chin yeah, yeah. Chinese, who was Chinese-American, who died by two automotive workers. And, yeah. it, and this was something that my dad, my dad did not buy, my dad worked at Ford and he would tell me stories and they would say, they would say certain things and Certain racial slurs, yeah. and that's what they referred to them. Not my dad, of course, but just that's how it no, was. It, yeah, and the the they, were, they would smash Japanese cars with sledgehammers, and then if yeah. the, the slurs were really bad. And so, anyway, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, no, in, in the 1980s, it was you couldn't have a Japanese car uh, at a Detroit auto plant, right? Like, correct. Um, <laughs> that you were going to get your tire slashed, your windows broken, or something like that. So, again, this is this is. Far bigger geopolitical issue than than maybe it needs to be. But if you're growing up in that era, Detroit is not necessarily a place you want to go as a Japanese person. So the Tigers have 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 overcome that. Two years, twenty four million, right? Yep, it's a completely reasonable deal. You need you need you need to get three war out of that, right? Yeah, <laughs> to, to make that. And and Maeda has been a quality pitcher for the last. Uh, three four years, you know, he's been injured. That's the main concern, right? Is he going to stay yeah. healthy? But if you look, I looked up, at, you know, his war oh, since 2020. It's basically the same as is Michael Waka, who was one of the guys I wanted them to sign. Uh, but Waka has thrown like 200 more innings. So when Maed is healthy, he throws strikes, he gets strikeouts, he doesn't walk a ton of guys, he he gives up a few more home runs than you like. But I've seen some people, you know, speculate maybe. Maybe just maybe Comerica might help him with that. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a perfectly uh, reasonable signing. And and again, we're, we're maybe making more of this than we should, but but there's more to it than just a, a traditional free agent signing. By the go way, ahead. if any, oh, I was gonna say the. Go, go ahead. I was gonna say Little Tokyo, Nova is considered Little Little Tokyo. Fun fact, and it's an increasing really? population. Yeah, it's um because of a Japanese healthcare program that's going out out there known as Providence Park. Huh? So that's been growing every year, and and this is according as this is part of a uh, media set here. Between 2005 and 2011, the city's Japanese population has increased 33 percent, making it home to the largest Japanese community in Michigan. So, anyways, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
No, I just think uh, take off from what Chris was saying. You know, the Tigers' payroll is so low the next two years. We always say, how many times has any of us said there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract? Well, given where the Tigers' payroll is and what uh, Maeda is going to be making, it's pretty hard to shake your head in disgust over a two-year contract here either, right? Because it, it, let's just say it's $12 million a year. $12 million they can afford without any question this year. And I don't think any of those – that's it situation is going to change markedly uh, next year. So I, I yeah, it's, it's a completely reasonable contract. Now I'm watching this uh, Imanaga video. By the way, I love I the replay. Like yeah, it's, it's cool. It's kind of cool. Um, he reminds me slightly and it, 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 you get dangerous thing. this Japanese guy and you only compare him to another Japanese guy, but just looking at the uh, left-handedness and the, and the yeah. arsenal we got there, I'm looking at Kikuchi, right? You say Kikuchi yep. a little bit? Yep, Seattle, that, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first thing that popped in my mind. That's a good pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a, he's had trouble with home runs. Uh mm-hmm. he's also a big strikeout guy, a lot of walk or not not a lot of walks. Uh big arm. He's I think his velocity jumped once he got to the United States, but yeah, it, it's a uh, I don't know. I mean like we're speculating on the Imanaga thing. Right. We don't really know for sure, but um. Yeah, with the Maeda move, I mean, he's he he steps in instantly as their number two starter, right? Um, you hope by the end of the year that maybe he's like number four, but Scooble's going to be the number one starter, and uh, Maeda number two, and then you hope Mize will be number three, and then you've got Manning, Olson, and Gibson Long to try to compete for those final two spots. And you know, we speculated last week about potential trades. And, and maybe that'll be what happens, but it's nice to have some depth because we we've seen over the last handful of years that, you know, the, the, the rotation you in, enter the year with is rarely the rotation you end the year with. So yeah, spend some money, spend some money on, on, on a quality big league level level pitcher. And uh, that's fine. Like he's going to add one to two wins to the the war total if you will and uh yeah a couple more moves like that and the tigers are in business but this is so the first have, hopefully of, of several let's take imanaga out of the equation just for a second if they do go after another pitcher do you think it's the same level money wise skill wise history wise or do you think it's someone a little more advanced well <laughs> I don't know. I, I would imagine so that this is the two year, $24 million deal. I imagine if they sign another free agent pitcher, it's probably a one year, eight to $12 million deal. So Matt Boyd, uh, Matt, Matt Boyd, Alex Wood, that level uh, of pitcher. But hopefully, I mean, we're all hoping they also make a, a more substantial investment on a pitcher that they like. Uh, and again, we're all speculating in Monaga, but. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 Scott Harris is still a bit of a cipher to me, so I'm, I'm guessing there. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. We, I mean, like I said, we've had some really well connected. You know, like we've had some information that we've been given and what have you, and we've taken advantage of it. But you know, they do need to get another lefty. And this was Tyler. Tyler's 100. This is where this would make more the most sense too you know i was thinking too 
and I might could be off by this, and I'm a little old school. And when it comes to remembering pitchers and what have you, but I, I look at him um, as in terms of pitching the left from the left side, and he reminds me of an old pitcher by the name of. Some people might remember him, some people may not, but uh, in a way, kind of reminds me of Jimmy Jimmy Key, former mm-hmm. Blue Jay Yankee. Jimmy guy. Key. Yeah, I don't know if you guys share the same comp, but I look at him like Jimmy Key, except he doesn't. It's in terms of like coming from the side of the third base side of the, or rather the first side of the rubber, with a little more power. I don't know. What do you guys think? Am I too off base on that? You know, I mean, obviously, I mean, if he pitched to the level of Jimmy Key, we'd be ecstatic. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, you know, Jimmy Key would uh, – one thing I remember about him is he would change his arm slot during the game a lot. Yeah. He'd come over the top. He'd come from the side. Uh, I haven't seen enough of Imanaga to know about that. But, sure, well, it could be a good comp. Of, why not? So one of the things that we saw from um, – when we first heard about this, we were, you know, looking into Imanaga on Twitter, and there were multiple – tweets about uh, his fastball shape, basically, the induced vertical break, the IVB, 20 plus, 20 to 22 inches on his fastball, which is very, very, very rare for a lefty uh, who throws in the, like, you know, averages like 93. Um, and I don't know. Who knows if Jimmy Key had that level of, of fastball ride. But uh, that's one of the things that makes him interesting. And and one of the things we we pointed out at the beginning of last year was it seemed like that was the only common thread among the Tigers minor, like the minor leaguers that the Tigers signed was these pitchers all seemed to have wide on their fastballs. It seemed like something they were into. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's, that's something to consider, but eh, maybe not. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like I imagine if, if that's the case, if he has this, you know, rare ride on his fastball, the Tigers, are unlikely to be the only team after him. Yeah, the, there's, I mean, the Dodgers, we haven't heard the Dodgers do anything as of yet, but it is going to see the Tigers being aggressive this early in, in free agency. And also, like, yeah, even like the Yankees haven't, I mean, kind of quiet on the Yankee front too. But yeah, there's bigger things to come, We we'd hope, but there's, yeah, in, in terms of a bat too, this is where the Tigers are also. We haven't heard too much about a bat yet, but the, this week will continue to be interesting to see because there's the talk about getting another pitcher, and also there was another thing too that I was talking. I was talking to my buddy about this earlier today, and he brought this up. The Tigers need a, a really good situational reliever too. I mean, if you if you think about it, a high leverage reliever with experience, they don't really. You could talk about. You can debate whether or not you can bring in like a guy like Alex Fajardo or what or somebody from the farm, but you really don't have anybody with experience outside of, of course, Lang. You know, what version of Lang you you're gonna get? Consistency. I mean, that's where I think they should also. I, I think next week will be a, a big t- a tell what's gonna happen with the Tigers, even in terms of from a trade front too. It, well, it would be funny so every, if, if a year after trading away all their middle relievers, if they went out and traded for one. It'd be quite a difference yeah, in 12 years, I, in 12 months. Yeah, I agree with Tyler. I, I, I do like the idea of, of signing Jordan Hicks. But, you know, I, I think one of the big things of last year was was how reliable Jason Foley and Tyler Holton became. That was that was huge. Like they had, between them, they had like a handful of meltdowns, right? 
Lang had his really rough period, but those two guys were, were really steady. But you can't, you cannot rely on relievers from a year to year basis, no matter how good they are one year. Right. It's, it's just, it's such a hard job. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if they go out and get another guy or two, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd like, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate if they ch- signed Jordan Hicks, but I'm imagine like Ronaldo Lopez got what, three years and 30 million. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to cost you. It's going to be like four years and 50 million for, for Jordan Hicks. I don't, I'm not saying the Tigers are going to do this, but I'm really interested to see who decides that they have to have Josh Hader and what they're going to pay for yeah. that, you know, because sometimes he's had a couple little instances here where he hasn't looked the same, but then he gets back to his dominant self. I mean, how much are you going to want to uh, invest in that? That's going to be fun to watch. And, and you know, Dan Dickerson, who is, is, is up on the modern stats as anybody loves to use Josh Hader as an example of uh, how, how spin rate doesn't necessarily matter that much because Josh mm-hmm. Hader is in the very bottom of spin rate. And yet he's been very good for, for three, four years now because of other factors, you know, it's extension, it's, it's horizontal release point, like all these other things that, that matter. Right. Um, but yeah, if I'm a team, I'm not necessarily going to spend a ton of money on him because we've seen him, you know, he had like a, a month long meltdown with the Padres after he arrived there. I mean, he's going to want like six years at 120 million, isn't he? You think? Yeah, I would. I would think. Yeah. I, I can't remember the the longest relief contract is usually about four years, right? Like yeah. Chapman, uh, Jansen. I, I don't think anybody's ever given a reliever more than four years, but it would be interesting to see if he breaks that mold. Mm-hmm. The Tigers also bringing back Garrett Hill on a minor league deal, and they're also bringing in. And I didn't realize it was Ryan, an outfielder. Ryan, what was I going to say, Chris? Go Ryan, Ryan Valade, yep, yep. Ryan Valade. Ryan Valade. So he is, and this is exactly what I was talking about last week, or I was talking, I believe I talked, yeah, I talked about this a few times in the minor league podcast. And, on, and of course, here, the Tigers desperately need outfield help. When I originally saw it on Discord, and uh, shout out to Tigers uh, Turmoil and the, those guys over there, but... They do a really good job over there with uh, getting some news out there. It was one of those things where I, I was like, I, "Oh man, is he another converted infielder and outfielder?" And he's had more outfield experience than I, I, I than I first realized. Uh, as Chris pointed out, too, he is a second round draft draft pick out of high school. Correct, Chris? I believe so. Yeah. I was, yeah. I feel like he was from like the, the Oklahoma area, but I, I don't. You are you are correct. You will be. We, right. You would be correct. Stillwater. Okay. Which is that? Is that that's Job or Holiday? They're they're. I don't know. Yeah, I want to say I, I want to say Job. No, Heritage Hill. You went to Heritage Hill, right? I don't. I don't know. I uh, Job from Tulsa. I don't know. No, no, he went to. I, I, yeah. Well, anyway. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I just, you know, <laughs> you, you follow these. What happens is you get so into the draft, right? You know all these guys. You know where they're from. You know everything about them, and then they get drafted, and they aren't drafted by your team, and you forget about them. And like ninety percent of them don't become anything, and like the ten percent do, and then three, four years later, that ninety percent becomes free agents, like Ryan Valade. And you go, oh yeah, sort of remember him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he's probably just minor league depth in, in the outfield. And I said to, said to Raj, I'm like, he's probably out of the system by August. 
And then Rod said, or next week. And he's right. Like, uh, when when teams sign guys like this, they – Like you know, Bly Madras last year. Yeah, there, there could be somebody next week who they like more. And suddenly right. it's like, um, you know, the, 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 the young man that we interviewed last year from – he was in the Tampa system. Oh, um, really nice, nice kid. Uh, now I'm done blanking. <laughs> yeah, I am too, and I feel bad because he's a really nice dude. He was in the Tampa system, came to the Tigers, oh, played outfield man. for a little bit. Was he had some tools, but couldn't hit. And by August, he was gone, and that's just the way it goes, unfortunately, in the upper minors. So, yeah, I feel bad. I want to say Underwood, but no, 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 no. He was, he was a. Oh. <laughs> Witherspoon, there you go, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Grant, yeah, Grant yeah, Witherspoon. You, Joe. Yeah, yes, thank you, Grant. My apologies, my man. Yeah. If you're yeah, watching, Grant. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joe with the rescue. But, uh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough it's a tough business, man. Like there, there are a lot of guys who have have talent but aren't quite up to snuff to make the major leagues, and there's 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 nothing wrong with that, right? Because there are like 800 major leaguers. It's uh, it's so very hard to make the big leagues, so. Mm. Uh, Ryan Valade, I think, you know, talented kid, probably won't affect the Tigers in any way in the next year. But uh, we just start to hear these names around now, guys who join the system. Yeah, and this is where, yeah, it's going to, on the weekend too, where it's been pretty much dominated by football. I mean, Michigan beat Ohio State yesterday. I was just going to. That wasn't uh, bad. That wasn't there were bad. Some good games this weekend. Yes, no yes. Michigan State, really has, Michigan State has a new head coach, by the way. Yeah. I, you know, I hate I hate Jonathan with an A, but uh, <laughs> but he seems like a really good coach, and that's good hire for Michigan State. And, uh, and it's always weird. You know, I, 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 I know that we have quite a few Ohio State fans uh, who also root for the Tigers because, of course, it's geographic. Um. Yeah, not everybody roots for all the Detroit and Michigan teams in football. No, yeah. no or Michigan State. And, and people look at other teams from other states. Yeah. Kind of get happy it, when they win. You know, it's I actually lost a few followers yesterday that tweeted out a Michigan picture. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not immune to being stupid with Michigan stuff, but I, I, yeah. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Ohio State as a football program. I mean, you're talking a top five football program all time, right? Like the, the amount of talent right. that comes to there is absurd. And that's what makes it so right. much fun. Um, and the Tigers have certainly uh, drafted plenty of players from Ohio State, from Dylan Dingler and Andrew Magno to, uh, I don't know, Ron Borquin, maybe? Ronnie Borquin. Yeah. Not, there was a great picture. Shirt. I think there's a picture too for the Tigers in the 68 team that was from Ohio State. Joe Sparma, it, maybe? Yeah. That sounds about right. Sparma seems like an Ohio State. It, yeah, Chris Spielman. Like, uh, but it is, you know what? It always cracks me up because sometimes the the final week is always like that interstate rivalries, right? Which, not necessarily the the best games for in terms of like ranking. I mean, like Auburn was unranked, and they almost beat Alabama, and they lost to Alabama on the stupidest play of all time, and it's very frustrating. Like Washington, Washington State, Washington went out in there and won it. Farmageddon, Iowa State, and Kansas State. That was a fun game. 
That was um, fun. I watched quite a bit of that. But yeah, you end up you end up with kind of these forced rivalries like Michigan yeah. State and Penn State, which I, I don't think either of those states would want that as their end of the year rivalry, but that's just kind of the way it goes. So much yeah. football tradition took place this weekend and on Thursday, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Quite a bit there of was a Thursday tradition of of, of good football games. Really you entertaining. Bowl, you got Army Army and Navy this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington, Washington Cup. State. Yeah, the Apple Cup. Oregon, Oregon State. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Washington and I mean Washington now improves to twelve and zero. I mean, they barely eked out a victory over the Washington Cougars. And I know what you're gonna say, Uper, and I'm, we're gonna completely ignore that because quite frankly, I know what you're gonna go with it. And outside of Thursday, I mean uh-huh. everything else has been pretty good in terms of football. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I just, uh, you know. Okay, go ahead, Chris. Oh, nothing. You know, it's fun for me to to think of baseball players who came from these traditionally uh, football school. Yes. Or or like baseball players who come from like Oregon State, which is which is not a big football school. And, and their coach came to Michigan State because, unfortunately, Oregon State was left out in the cold. Right. Like the Pac-12 is just gone. It's Washington State and Oregon State were the only two teams left. Um. But the Oregon State is a, is a hell of a baseball program. Yes. They won back-to-back national championships, if I'm not mistaken, right? You know, you had uh, Adley Rushman, my yeah. my grace. Yeah, so. Um, Jonah Nickerson? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Former Tigers great Jonah Nickerson. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, – the, the other Abel kid, not Mick Abel, but there was another Abel who was awesome as a freshman, and they pitched him too much, and it basically ruined him. Uh, for pro ball, which sucks, but but yeah, um, so it's it's fun for me to look at at college football and also think of the like Kansas State, you know, Sean Manaya. No, he was Indiana State, wasn't he? Yeah, Indiana State. Yeah, he was Sycamore. That's Dom, Dom Johnson, Dom Johnson, Tigers outfielder, Kansas State. Uh, Madea went you know, to, or the, Sean Manaya went to the same school that Larry Bird did. There you go, yeah, Indiana State. Terre Haute. You know, our listener, Detroit Degenerate. We've always mm-hmm. said he's is a hell of a contributor. He really is. So I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're, what you're talking about. I go love that for generation. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I. I. I, I yeah, saw it. You know I what? Just chose not to acknowledge it. <laughs> no. You know. I. It, it's. It's. Um. Yeah. I went back and listened, and we all thought that the Packer or the the Lions were going to destroy the Packers on Thanksgiving, and uh, that was not the case. The Lions Jordan, came out and played like absolute garbage. Yeah. Jordan Love. Uh, I mean, Jordan Love looked really good too. I mean, we're not, let's not kid ourselves here. He did. I. I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm not ready for the the Packers to hit on a third consecutive quarterback. That's not right. Well, but, like, um, I'll tell you, he looks pretty good on the intermediate routes. He's a little short on a lot of deep balls, but man, he's looking pretty good. Well, we, he's got a long way to go yet. But I, I thought yeah. Detroit, I, I thought Detroit well, would beat the Packers on Thursday. This is essentially his rookie year, right? Like this is he, first year as a starter. First, yes. first year as a starter. Um, and the, and the Lions just look really bad, you know, turnovers, uh, no pass decisions. And uh, Love had a lot of time to throw. I mean, I was the big thing. Yeah, yeah. They I, really I, the the pass rush has been an issue. So, but, by the way, uh, Auburn, Auburn got, I mean, that, the end of that Auburn game. Ooh, the Iron Bowl, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, that no, was, like I said, that yeah. was the dumbest ending I've seen since the, yeah. the kick six or whatever. Um, but, you know, Auburn, had a pretty strong baseball program there there for a while. That's how we got Casey Mize. The uh, a lot of people think the number one target for the Rule Five Draft 
Tanner Burns, he was he was kind of the successor to Casey Mize at Auburn as their Friday night yeah. starter. Yeah, he's the, he's available. Uh, I don't think he would get to the Tigers at the tenth or eleventh pick or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I I I, I like to take the other sports and, and apply them to baseball if possible. <laughs> you know, at one point too, I mean, people will forget. Yeah, good night. Everybody enjoy your football talk. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. We're talking about other things besides baseball, gentlemen. These old Pete's folks. Have a little Just bit of fun. That's a little bit of fun. Oh, all right. I mean, beyond that, the only other thing I wanted to mention real quick, because I will not be here this week. I'll be out for the week. So um, I did mention, I wanted to mention the Spencer Turnbull comments today in Chris McCoskey's article. So if you have, oh, I missed that. I do have that here. So, some of the some of the things he he has talked about. This is, he did an interview with Chris McCoskey, and one of the things this is a quote: "Even though my time in Detroit may have not ended up the way I've chosen, I'm still forever grateful for my time in the Tigers organization. I'll never take for granted the chance that they took on me when they drafted me as a young 21 year old junior out of Alabama and gave me the opportunity to make my dreams a reality. Detroit has been always ever known as professional, and this is definitely bittersweet for me. I always." I always will be proud to wear the old English D. I wish nothing but the best to my former team and will most playing in front of the amazing fans of Detroit, end quote. And uh, yeah, he just wants to make sure that he, he, he really, he helped. He did say that Trimble credits Hinch for facilitating that no hitter he had in Seattle. And this is what he said about AJ Hinch quote. Without AJ's support and trust in me, I don't think I would ever gotten the results I did when I threw my no hitter. If it wasn't for AJ trusting me with the changes I requested before the game in Seattle, I truly don't excuse me, don't believe that my no hitter would, would have happened. Changes and, he made he, he requested before the game. Yeah, the request was Turnbull had gone to Hinch and requested that Eric Haas catch him that night. And him and Haas had a really good rapport through that season. Yeah. So also he wanted to clear up the misinformation, a quote, misinformation oh, yeah. about the health of his career or, or his health last season, rather. Has been, you know, of course, the well documented stuff, but quote, out of respect for my team and the Tigers organization, I did not want to speak publicly nor respond to anything that happened last season. I also want to do everything I could in maintaining my relationship with the club while I still played here. Now I'm no longer the Tigers. I feel it's more appropriate for me to respond. And he said, Trimble, I mean, until now, never revealed the severity of his neck injury. And he said, Quote, I was put on the injured list due to fractured neck and torn ligaments on my C6. The injury first happened when I dodged a a line drive in week two against Boston. And he going on, he said, because scans weren't taken initially, I didn't know the severity of the injury, and I tried to continue to pitch through the pain. But as the pain got worse and my performance started being affected greatly, I requested to get the scans. After I got the scans back and revealed my fractured neck, the pain was reversed and I was placed in IL. What's interesting about that was... When he was asked about his neck injury, because I was there for that, he said he was fine. He said that mm-hmm. the neck didn't affect his pitching performance. So things could have changed. Well, you know, injury stuff is always a bit iffy in sports because there are teams that think you're soft if you report your actual injuries, right? Like, oh, you, you got to play through that. Uh, but there's also an opportunity to, to take advantage of that and say, oh, I'm injured. I can't play. That's uh, 
there have been, you know, since the dawn of professional sports, there have been guys who've been accused of being a malingerer. Like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he should play through that ankle injury. Um, I, that, that Turnbull stuff, I, I hope that's from him. It, it sounds like agent talk to me. It sounds like what you're supposed to say when somebody else, when, you, when you're a free agent and you're trying to sign. Uh, but whatever, it's right. Like, that's fine. He didn't, he didn't, you know, didn't degrade anybody in Detroit and he uh, tried to make himself signable and that's fine. And we'll see where he ends up and, and I hope he has some success. Yeah. And the, the rest of it does sound the same, kind of like I said, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but essentially it talked about his, his big left toenail on his, la- on his landing foot. Yeah. Like I said, is what it is and good luck to him wherever it goes. But yeah, if you have the Detroit news description, go it worth the read, if you will. So on that note, but uh, if the Tigers, again, if there's anything that happens this week, we'll be on top of it. We'll let you know. And uh, if you want to join our discord again, I'll send the link in our description for the podcast episode. that will be up tomorrow. And if there is a show this week, these two will be taking care of it and I'll be back next Probably week next week after the GM meetings, we'll have hopefully just got to talk to Nikoski and we'll have him on, see what he says, and we'll keep you posted on anything Tiger related. And of course, you go to TigersMLReport.com, check out our latest all all our articles, all our content there, and and of course, if you want to support the podcast, there's a PayPal link in there as well. So on that note, myself, if you guys you guys want to add anything before we get out of here. No, I'm just no. thinking about you guys. Good luck tomorrow. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate 100%. it. Yep. I appreciate it, gentlemen. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night, everybody.